Hi, artist. Welcome back to Dear Artist Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Kate Mothers, an independent curator and founder of Young Space Art Platform. Kate wrote a love letter to you specifically for this challenging time of the coronavirus global health crisis. In the interview, we talked about the motivation behind her letter. We got to know more about Kate and her path to become an independent curator and supporter of artists. We talked about what good art means to her and a lot more. Before we start the interview, I want to share with you that Dear Artist Circle is now enrolling new members until the end of March. We would love to welcome you into our safe space if we sound like a good match for you. In our circle, we explore different aspects of ourselves as artists. The circle is a place for you to connect deeply with fellow artists, but more importantly, it is a place for you to turn down the volume of the external noises and really tune in to get to know yourself and your creative desires. We gather together as a community every month to share our stories and support each other. You can find more information about the circle and the ways to participate on our website at dearartistproject.com. Now let's get to the interview. Here is Kate reading her love letter to you. Dear artists, My opportunity to write this letter comes at a unique and unexpected moment, unprecedented even. If I had written this just a couple of weeks earlier, it would undoubtedly have been different. Then again, maybe not. Because what I want to say is that art is a means of orienting oneself to the world, a way of finding and achieving perspective. It's a way to communicate with others, to express our deepest and most precious desires, fears, and dreams. Art is a way of connecting through time so that we learn from those who came before us, from the work they have left us, and to give something of our own to the future. Art is a product of that indelible, defining characteristic of any artist that pushes you to generously make, to do, to create. It is all these things and many more. A lot is written about art as work, art as language, art as history, art as a practice, At a time when we are all encouraged to stay home and keep ourselves and one another healthy, it seems a good time to reflect on the deceptively simple fact that among all other definitions, art is what you want or need it to be. Author Madeline Lengel wrote, quote, the discipline of creation, be it to paint, compose, write, is an effort toward wholeness, unquote. It fills in gaps, it smooths the journey, it lights the way. If your goal is to make paintings in a large studio and get gallery representation, that's great. But if you want to make tiny sculptures out of paper and never show anyone, that's good too. If you want to pen letters, perform songs, write poems, create an initiative to help others during a time of crisis, then that's good too. But I urge you to remember that no matter what you do, whether it's the same as what you usually do or you're trying something new for the first time, if the art you make helps you, then this is very, very good. Art doesn't have to be about something. It does not need to respond to the current situation. It's okay if it does, because if that's something that means a lot to you and it helps you, then you should move along with that current. But don't feel guilty if you want to paint pretty pictures of flowers or want to draw cartoons for your kids that no one else gets to see. 
No art is selfish. By virtue of being someone who creates, you create for others. So in this time, as many of you are prevented from getting to your usual studio spaces, or you've been asked to leave your colleges and dorms, or you're packed in with your family in your house or apartment, and may have limited access to materials, use this as a time to reflect and to think, to experiment, perhaps on a smaller scale than you're used to, to try new mediums, to connect with others in a different way through your work, or even to take a break. What is most important is that art, whenever and however you employ it, will always, always illuminate a path forward. Much love, Kate. Wow, thank you so much, Kate, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, it's yeah. so nice to be here. Yeah, so nice to finally be talking to you. And I wrote down, I wrote a bunch of notes about your letter. I wanted to write down every word and we're, we'll <laughs> dig into that. Um, but before that, I want the audience to get to know you a little better. And yeah, I would like for you to introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do and how you're feeling today. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so yes, my name is Kate Mothis, and I I do a lot of things, but I think the main project that I kind of run that a lot of other things come off of um, is a platform called Young Space, mm -hmm. which is a website and uh, Instagram account kind of combo. Um, so it's very social kind of community, um, generally kind of focusing on emerging artists around the world and students and sharing artwork and a lot of ideas and just kind of inspirational you know, exciting ways to connect with people. Um, so it's interesting that kind of at this time when we're all kind of encouraged to stay at home and mm -hmm. we're mm -hmm. isolating a bit and trying to figure things out, um, there's, it's kind of an interesting way to have already been on an online platform in some way to be able to connect with people in an interesting way. So yes. I'm pretty grateful yeah. for that right now. Yes. <laughs> you pioneered it like a few years earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I um I live in the Midwest. I'm up in um, Northeast Wisconsin, um, maybe, well, about a third of the time when things mm -hmm. are normal and I'm traveling around and things. So typically I'm moving around for exhibitions and projects and then I kind of camp out here um, in Wisconsin, especially when it's nice and warm and looking forward to some summertime. But it's good because I'm usually in a position where I'm sort of looking out at what's going on around the world anyway. So it's been really exciting to be able to see all the different ways that I can connect and learn from others and what they're doing everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just wanted to go back um, when you started this career, because it's quite a unique spot that you're in. So I'm just curious, mm -hmm. like, how did you carve this career? Was it your first? And how did it work for you? I, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it seems like a very, very curvy path with lots of branches coming off of it. I um, I don't think I ever planned to do it or anything really that I'm doing right now. I don't even know if I understood what any of what I'm doing now even was maybe five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that I was raised, um, my dad is an artist, he's a painter. And so I think from square one, I was always um, very aware of kind of the idea of what a studio practice was, what it meant to kind of, you know, be within a community of artists. We would go to art festivals around the country when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was really fun. And I think I initially was like, well, I'm definitely going to go be an artist too, because I really like to draw. And mm. that just made sense. That was something I could go to college for and study art. And then um, I was maybe about halfway through my undergrad 
when I just realized that I actually really, really loved art history, which, mm-hmm. you know, I was required to take as part of a major. Um, but nobody ever talked to me about curating. I mean, that wasn't even a word I think I was aware of until, mm-hmm. you know, much later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the other thing was just kind of this element of like DIY. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was always... Yeah, like I think wanting to be an artist to me was sort of just the this really like essential sensibility of wanting to do something my own and make something from scratch. Um, And so kind of combining that with a love of art history ended up sort of leading into organizing exhibitions and projects and curating and running the platform. But it's all been very much a response to other people that I'm talking to and just kind of looking and talking and seeing around what's going on around me. So, um, mm-hmm. it's all a little bit of a, just see what happens <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So your yeah. first job, like, so you, you kind of, um, you studied art history and how did you become, so it's like a self-initiated project that you, um, became a curator and created all these self-initiated projects. Is that the way that it went for yeah. you? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. um, It really started um, young space itself started Mm -hmm. very informally. I was in graduate school at Mm -hmm. the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, and this was back in 2014. Mm. Um, And I was about to graduate and I still was not sure what I was doing. And I was there for pursuing an art history degree. It was very scholarly. Um, You know, I was working on my dissertation all summer and was just like, I just, you know, I'm, I'm loving writing this paper, but I also was just feeling like something was really missing. And Mm -hmm. so I ended up going and volunteering at an artist run space called interview room 11, which I believe still exists, but they're in a different location, um, Mm -hmm. in Edinburgh, um, or they might even be running, um, kind of itinerantly, but that was, um, the first time I guess I had ever interacted with a group of artists and curators who just organized themselves and decided to put on exhibitions, very critical, thoughtful exhibitions. And I was like, wait, like, you can just do this yourself. Mm, <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, you don't have to be employed by a huge museum in right. order to put on a show. Right. And I think my whole, my whole mindset just changed. And mm-hmm. then so I started Young Space as a blog to sort of write about what I was seeing and how I was maybe seeing it differently for the first time than I mm-hmm. had ever really mm-hmm. been taught in school. And so then after that, after I was done with my graduate degree, I moved back home to Wisconsin and I live in an area where there really isn't much of an art scene to speak of. So I needed to do my own research to kind of keep connected. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was more just kind of out of this like curiosity, I guess, that I just needed to keep searching. And then, you know, then beyond curiosity, because I needed to make something, I was like, well, I'm going to put something together and make Mm -hmm. a show. So one thing just led to another and Yeah. And I think pivotally, some of the biggest moments just came from kind of doing what I was doing and then ultimately meeting people along the way and finding ways to collaborate and build and grow and that would benefit all of us. So that's continues to be pretty much the central aspect of everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love, I love how unique your, your journey has been and it's it's just inspiring to watch. So thank Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you it's fun every day. And that's kind of the main, the main thing I'm like, if this, you know, there's days when things feel like work, but if at the end of the day, I'm still like, this is really fun, fun and it's cool, then, yeah. then it's all good. Yep. That's great. <laughs> let's talk about the letter. Um, yeah, let's, um, let me look at my note real quick. Um, 
So I want to, I want you to take us back to the day that you wrote the letter, and just wanted to hear about your process. What came to mind, and why did you choose this message um, for artists? Because I personally, it spoke to my heart, and I I think it's the message that we all need to hear. But I want to hear about how you created the letter and what went through your mind. Definitely. I, um, well, to be completely honest, I wrote it in about 10 minutes yesterday. <laughs> Which, um, That's how I've the done... good stuff comes out usually. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that like, absolutely. That is what happens. Um, and I think I even mentioned something like this when I sent it to you as well mm-hmm. is that I think you just know when something really, you need to just sort of get it out and right. it comes out very clearly quickly. And yes. so that's kind of what happened, but I'd been thinking about it for a while Mm-hmm. Um, because we, I kind of knew this was coming up. So a lot of these things were in my mind, but I wrote it a bit in response to the fact that, um, I had just been over in the UK for about 10 days and I had been meaning to be over there for about a month and a half and I was visiting friends and then, you know, obviously circumstances changed and I needed to make a decision about whether I was going to kind of hang out there and ride things out or whether I was going to try to hop on a flight real quick and come home. So mm-hmm. there were a lot of sort of stressful things happening Um, but one thing that I had started while I was sort of hunkered down in Scotland still was to create, um, a Google spreadsheet document that's open source that people can find other resources about kind of opportunities and fundraisers and things at the moment. So that was sort of a moment, I guess, where I realized that one thing that I tend to do to avoid being anxious or to, um, just kind of, you know, fill my day as I tend to, I have to do things, (laughs) I have Mm -hmm. to feel like there's a purpose and a mission yeah. um, and that there were so many other people and artists and organizations that were coming up with um, different initiatives or they were, you know, changing fee structures for opportunities, anything that they could do to kind of keep the ball rolling, but to help people out mm-hmm. at the same time. And, but I was also sort of thinking to myself that there's a weird pressure, I think sometimes with how much information's out there and how we, we see things on social media, we just get bombarded with information and sometimes it tends to make you shut down <laughs> instead of mm-hmm. want to be proactive. Mm-hmm. And I had been so clued into all of this information for the last few days that I was, I was starting to feel like my mental just kind of shut down. And mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't good. I need to, you know, you need to balance it. You don't want to kind of burn out. And, um, I think that just, I was getting a lot of messages from especially like BFA and MFA candidates in schools whose degree shows have been affected by this mm. and just, you know, people stress, they're not really sure what's happening. Yeah. And so just talking to a lot of artists over and over again, I think I just realized that, um, any way you want to deal with it is fine. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, you know, if you need to take a break, that's okay. I had to tell myself a couple of days, I just needed to just shut off the computer for a couple of days and just let it go. And then when I came back to my work, I felt rejuvenated. Um, but it's hard maybe when you're sort of stuck at home or you're not really sure what your kind of current routine is. It's, it's hard to sometimes peel yourself away and really reflect on what you need to do. Um, so to me, it was kind of a, it was a quick letter, <laughs> but about mm-hmm. a long reflection, um, just kind of about taking time and doing what, what you need to do, uh, to take care of yourself. And for many artists, I think that means utilizing the work that you do to kind of channel a lot of the things that you're feeling right now. Um, but that it's also okay to do that differently or not do it at all for a minute. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 It's really, really beautiful. And like, 
I I feel like it it stands like even after this crisis has passed, it still stands true as well. You know, all all the messages in the letter. But like, what stood out to me the most was when you said, you know, um, let me look. Art does not have to be about something. It does not need to respond to the current situation. I mean, if if it does and it's meaningful for you, that's fine. But it doesn't have to. So to me, that's like such a such a great reminder. And it just speaks to what I've been struggling with a little bit about like, you know, I just like to play with colors. And sometimes I feel yeah. like I'm being selfish, you know, with all that's going on in the world. And I'm just sitting here playing with paint and water, you know, and it just feels insignificant. And I know a lot of artists feel that way. And, you know, so it's nice to get a reminder. We know this, like, you, we know right. this, like, that it's true, that it's not selfish, but we still have this guilt, you know, so it's nice to hear from someone else. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty reassuring to say that, you know, it's not a selfish act, you know, it's just not. And I just... I would like to spread this message even further, especially in this time of crisis, you know, so yeah, I really appreciate the message. Good. I'm glad. And I, yeah, I think that that's something where, um, I mean, I don't know if I would describe myself as an artist, but you know, I think in many ways the creative process tends to be the same and you're still consistently working on something and you have a practice of some kind. And I think just the just by virtue of continuing that practice in some way mm -hmm. um I just, you know i deeply believe that you know artists are the ones who are going to come up with some pretty cool ideas when yeah. things get challenging. yeah <laughs> and so feeling like you even when things are stressful and you're kind of going through all variety of different emotions and dealing with information on a daily basis that just by virtue of doing it, it will help you get through, but it also provides so much enjoyment for others. You know, I mean, right now, I think so many of us are kind of glued to our phones in a way we're not, mm. even not normally uh, looking at our phones. And I just love seeing what people are working on, even if it's just something kind of different or they're taking the time to hang out with their kids right now mm -hmm. um, and not mm -hmm. working in the studio. That's also okay, but I think it's just wonderful to continue to see things happen and to keep things moving because things are moving and they yes. should be moving. So once this all goes away, which it will at mm -hmm. some point, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can be kind of carrying on and that you'll have learned a lot in the process, um, but that it's not overwhelming at any point. And I think like you said about like kind of art not having to be about something, I think that there's sometimes a pressure at any point for mm -hmm. art to kind of be, you know, to have some sort of like critical, it needs to be about something political mm -hmm. or it needs to be, you know, based on some historical precedent and it can, it can just be for you and it can be enjoyable. And I mm -hmm. think that that's just really important to remember all the time. Yeah. Yeah. My next question is as a curator and having been in interacting with so many artists over the past years um just wondering what what have you noticed um have been evolving like from the years that you started until now like in this time of crisis do you think that artists have been creating differently and have they have you seen a trend of artists kind of listening more 
to their own inner voice and care a bit less about what the world thinks? Just wondering what you think about that whole thing. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think, um, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of things in motion <laughs> at any given time. And mm -hmm. I always think about, um, because, you know, I think similar to you, I sort of entered the art world in a sort of unconventional way. And mm -hmm. I still am sort of unconventionally <laughs> attached mm -hmm. to it. Um, but there's sort of that element of finding out like what, what pieces of the puzzle I really, really like, you know, mm -hmm. and then really grasping onto those. So I think I tend to ultimately work with other people, whether they're artists or other organizers or curators who see things similar to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that then that also tends to show, you know, the people, the artists and the work that I'm looking at, a lot of times we maybe share a similar sensibility because we're following each other, or working yeah. with each other more. So sometimes I think it's hard to know because, you know, just like with social media, sometimes you end up in a little bubble and I'm always mm -hmm. challenging myself to go outside of that bubble a little bit just to see maybe if there's variations to this, but um, that there tends to be maybe kind of a, a spectrum slightly of kind of what what different people's maybe objectives or goals are. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I touched on that in the, the letter just a tiny yes. bit. Like, yeah, kind of just one level of it might be kind of that, you know, my main goal is I have my MFA. I really want gallery representation. So I'm going to try to do all these things that I think I need to do to get this gallery to find me so I can go to art fairs and get shows and that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. that's a very um, common trajectory and that's, you know, that's a system and we have that in place. So it makes sense to want to follow that. Um, mm -hmm. but that just because that's one way to do, it doesn't make any other method yes. less yeah. important mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and that there are many ways to sort of, and being as creative people, there's many ways to kind of creatively use social media or our own, um, kind of practices or connections and networks to enter the art world, um, in a way that makes sense for us. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that maybe like just within the last couple of weeks, I have definitely noticed, especially on social media, more of a kind of a concerted effort to take advantage of this downtime in a mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. and think differently about the work that's being made. Yes. Um, on the flip side, I think that there, there always is that it's just that maybe the pressure of the galleries, <laughs> mm sometimes are seeing online as like the thing that you're or not online specifically, but just in general, there's sort of this thing that you feel like you're supposed to do um, a set of accomplishments that you should have, like yeah. you should have a gallery or a couple galleries by this time in your career. Mm -hmm. uh, that this is sort of an interesting point where I feel like maybe there's sort of a general kind of loosening up of that tension and just being like, okay, I actually, maybe there's more to this than just that. Um, mm -hmm. and so I'm, I'm curious to kind of see if, um, just that kind of commercial machine revs right back up or with kind of all this talk about, you know, the economy, um, we're, you know, we're definitely entering a different period here in a number of different ways. Um, and that I think as artists, it's sort of maybe slightly, I don't know, a bit of a transition time. Perhaps. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess that's kind of a long winded way of saying that, like, I've noticed a slight difference. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But I think in general, the, uh, you know, and I have quite a large kind of network of people, but that mm -hmm. in general, I tend to work with a lot of people who are usually, um, you know, wanting to be a part of a larger community and, mm -hmm. and paying attention to their work and not necessarily, you know, just like, get out of my way, I need a show. You know? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
do you see a, re a renaissance happening after this thing blows over? I talked to a couple people and they said they can feel the wind of change and that people are more, I don't know, like with this special time, I don't know, like if you, because you talk to a lot of artists, do you think that um, something good will come out of this? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I think there already has been. I mean, one thing that I'm um, really interested in at the moment, and partly this is due to, you know, running a platform myself, um, or just by virtue of talking to you right now, I mean, I think that there are already just like noticeably so many more collaborations happening all of a sudden mm -hmm. um, and across like a wide variety of different types of platforms or like an artist who, you know, happens to have some sway maybe with a larger gallery then uses that connection to connect to a couple of nonprofits that they might not necessarily in any way put on some additional programming, do some kind of online live um, you know, open to the public sort of talks and things that might not be as easy to get to. And I think one of the biggest things that's just kind of coming into my mind right now over and over is the idea of accessibility mm. uh, and just the amount of information and kind of educational resources and things that are suddenly just available. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like this information's always been there, but there hasn't really been the reason to sort of narrow it down and like yeah. put it all to a pool that's easily accessed. And I just think that that element of access is such a huge thing. And I hope that once this all kind of, you know, just blows over, um, that we can kind of continue to tap into that connectivity and really kind of keeping things open source and really easy to find. Um, mm. and yes, open. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. loving. And I think that that maybe goes, um, it hand in hand with the fact that a lot of these initiatives that I'm noticing are, essentially artist run. Um, mm -hmm. They are collaborations, whether some of them are like the uh, kind of unified student bodies from particular university programs, but some of them are just, you know, a couple of artists who are good friends and can pool their resources and do something new. Um, but I think that there's just that general sense of like, you know, well, we have this sort of, we have this ability to connect, let's do it, let's use it. And so a lot of it kind of comes maybe from this innate generosity that I view it as a generosity that artists already have yeah, <laughs> and yeah. just being like, Hey, we're all in this together. And in a way that we can really easily get behind and you can launch a project in two minutes on Instagram. And yeah. I think that that's really powerful stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. <laughs> um, now I want to pivot a little bit and go back to the list of questions that I prepared oh, <laughs> a little yeah. bit before I met you, because I know that you've seen a lot of work and you traveled extensively to see shows before this yeah. whole thing hits. Um, so my burning question to you is, I want to hear you share about one of the exhibitions that has been the most impactful for you and why. Ooh, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I've seen so many. I feel like um, 
Honestly, I think the one, you know, I guess there's a difference between whether you're in, um, say, you know, like the Tate Modern and you're seeing some giant retrospective, which I've seen some really great ones. Um, mm. You know, needless to say, there's, uh, I think one of the ones that stuck with me, um, one year I did a trip to go see, um, I was at the Pompidou in Paris to see the Cy Twombly retrospective. And then right after that, I bounced to London, went to London and they had the Robert Rauschenberg retrospective. And I remember just at that time being like, my art history mind was just exploding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was super great. But on the flip side, I think the ones that I tend to remember more tend to be smaller, more intimate shows, usually in artist run spaces. Um, I tend to really like the self-organized, um, it kind of experimental shows. And I don't know if I can really narrow it down to just one. Um, Mm -hmm. I saw a really fun one in, um, Lisbon. I was, uh, last April I was in, uh, Lisbon or just outside of Lisbon in a town called Bahiro, um, Mm -hmm. where Pata Studios it's called has a residency and we had curated a residency there. So it was me and six artists. And so we were kind of checking out shows in the local area and mm-hmm. I'll have to double check and we can maybe put this in the notes afterwards. Yeah, sure. what the show actually was. Cause mm-hmm. it was a group of artists. It was a very small space, but it was one of these, um, you know, the space was weird. It was just a tiny little hole in the wall retail space that had all these little nooks and crannies. And each artist had responded to a different part of this room in a really unique way. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny how it was a very small show. They had a talk, um, at the end of it. And that was one thing that just stuck with me more than, you know, most museum shows I've seen. It's these kind of really intuitive, small scale ways that artists just kind of utilize these really interesting spaces around them and create some really critical dialogue. Um, And I think those continue to be my favorite and maybe tap into a lot of why I'm really interested in kind of early career emerging artists as well, because I find that really experimental energy to be the most exciting to me. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to look up the name of the show. I, I, want, I want to know more about it. Yeah, down. I'll put yeah. that in the note. Yeah. Yeah. What about the show that you have organized? Because you've done quite a bit also. And I want to hear a bit more of the behind the scenes of like, you know, um, how should I phrase the question? Um, I just want to know... What you've learned over the years from like running these artists run um, kind of independent curation, um, anything that is like a gem to share, you know, some learnings that you think um, the community could learn from? Yeah, Um, I well, I've learned a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, you know, and that's just kind of my favorite part, I guess, about it is that every every opportunity that I've done um, or made or a project I've produced, I guess, is always challenging in some way where I come out of it thinking, okay, like I could have done that element of it better or I just totally didn't even know about that thing. And I guess now I know, you know, mm-hmm. um, things mm-hmm. along the way. Um, but I think that the biggest overall lesson that I learned, and this maybe comes from, I've just always been very independent, sometimes to a fault. I just want to do it my way, you know, mm. very stubborn. And mm-hmm. um, my default setting tends to be, you know, just leave me alone. I want to do my work. Mm. And at some <laughs> point, I just realized that I needed to really connect to others and that in the moments where I had conversations and projects developed sometimes even years later after some random conversation I had with someone um, or, you know, kind of installing a show in a certain way. And somebody 
gave me a piece of advice. And at the time I was like, nah, no, I'm going to do it this way. But then of course, afterward was like, oh, maybe mm. I should have, you know, it's mm. just like listening, uh, listening to others and not necessarily uh, limiting myself to wanting to only talk to people who I think have accomplished more. I mean, sometimes I think that the most interesting um, kind of ideas and potential for projects and things comes out of talking to other people who are also really unsure about what's going on mm. <laughs> and, and learning together because you that. can, yeah, yeah. Um, cause I found that it's really good to understand maybe if you want to call it the rules to mm. understand the rules, but you, you know, there's plenty of room to bend them and break them where you can. And so as all of that kind of comes just with learning along the way. So being very, very collaborative and becoming more open to, um, just different ideas and different ways of doing things. And then also understanding that like, you don't need to please everyone mm. and you don't need to be a part of every club or be, you know, involved with every single initiative that, um, I may be one of the best, um, kind of analogies I've heard about just the art world in general was just kind of the idea of it being a whole group of families mm -hmm. and that, you know, just like any family, you're just going to get along with other families better than you will with other families. And yeah. that, but once you find your people, then you can do really good things and just pay attention to that group. And so I think kind of figuring that out, that those connections are really important was probably the biggest lesson I've learned so far. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. So what does good art mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a random question. <laughs> I hate that question. I also hate that question. Um, I think, <laughs> Um, I feel like this is sort of my art history training coming in, you know, I'm like going down all the philosophy <laughs> rabbit holes that you go into. Um, but the, to me, good art is, I mean, it is, it is ostensibly still a subjective thing. Yes. And so what I think is good is not going to be the same as what the next person might think is good. And we mm -hmm. could both be kind of on like an even level of like art education what we do with our career and we still might be looking and seeing and interpreting totally different things. Mm -hmm. Um, but to me, good art is when a piece or an artist through that piece can speak to you in a way that you just sort of inherently understand or enjoy or find beautiful what that piece is telling you. And that can mean many different things because there's so many different ways to make and display and view art. Um, but that if, if a sort of, if you want to call it a message or if it has communicated with you, if it's gotten across, mm -hmm. then it's good. It's done its job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that there's maybe different levels of it. You know, I mean, there's an artist could be making something that they don't think is all that great, but someone else is going to be like, this is genius, you know, like mm -hmm. this is the best thing you've ever made. Mm -hmm. So those conversations can kind of cycle in over and over and over again. Um, but I really enjoy just kind of that. I, I enjoy the openness. I enjoy that there isn't maybe one answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to me, maybe it's more like a, a successful, you know, kind of dialogue between the artist, the work and the viewer and back again is what creates a really kind of good piece of work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that also leads to another question that is kind of like, a big one also, and, <laughs> and we talk about it quite a lot in many different variations, but I'm just wondering, because you have interviewed and interacted with so many artists um, from various backgrounds and countries, um, how do you define 
the word success for artists because it's such a loaded word. Yeah. And um, what does it mean? Like, what do artists really want? Like, from your exposure for from different kinds, not, not different kinds, different, like, you're artists from different disciplines and backgrounds. Like, what have you come up with so far in terms of success? Like, does it really mean anything? <laughs> That's a really good question because I also, um, on the Young Space platform, when artists have shared kind of these interviews with me and that I publish on there, that's one of the main questions on there is kind of how do you define success? Mm -hmm. And to me, I guess, because I, you know, of course, we all maybe ask ourselves this question, what does it mean to be successful? So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering that about what, you know, is my, is my platform successful? What does that mean? You know, like, and I find that then the next question that automatically comes up is what am I comparing myself to that is making me feel like I may or may not be successful? Like Mm -hmm. what am I viewing as a success? Mm -hmm. And sometimes then I ultimately have no idea what, you know, Mm -hmm. I maybe have some benchmarks in my mind of what I view as maybe another successful platform or artist or a gallery, for example. But realistically, I don't know if you can actually tell because what I'm using as a measurement is completely based on, you know, social media algorithms, or Mm -hmm. I just happen to see them in some art fairs or, you know, I mean, I don't actually know. It could be that the art itself is like really, really exciting, but then I don't understand why no galleries like scoop this artist up because Mm -hmm. it's amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm clearly they're frustrated as to why that's not happening either. And so I feel like you, the, when you start digging into that, the mechanisms or the, the measurement of kind of figuring out how to like, what is the equation for success? It just breaks down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, to me, then it kind of comes back ultimately to just you as an individual or myself being like, do I feel like I'm behind this 100% and it's giving me at least most of what I need on any given situation. So mm-hmm. it's like, if it's money that I need, then I need to know if it's covering that. Um, if it's, you know, kind of validation or, uh, so in some way communication with others, my network, if it's giving me opportunities, um, or creating opportunities, whatever it is, that's sort of core as a value, um, to me and mm-hmm. something that I need, if it's fulfilling that, then it's, it's on its way to being successful, if not successful, yeah. <laughs> um, that that's going to be different for everybody, depending on what it is that you need and desire the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just the best way I've thought to break it down. But I, I get sucked into that trap all the time. And I think it's the, it's just the comparison trap. It's like, it's not that I'm not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know why I keep comparing myself to everything else that yeah. everyone doing so yeah yeah Um, it's kind of painful for me to ask this question also because (laughs) it was almost like you you're setting like a wall setting up a wall like um when you say I have to be successful you know and and the way you define it kind of I don't know like the word itself success it's kind of very heavy, you know, so I talk to a lot of artists, and some of them prefer to use the word fulfilled or meaningful, you know, because success is so heavily associated with money and fame. And, you know, I think as humans, we we are so used to like a picture of a businessman carrying a briefcase and success, you know, so like, I, I like the way you defined it. And I know that everyone 
has a different version of that. So thank you for sharing yours. <laughs> and I think that maybe to kind of tack onto that also, I think that the flip side of that, that there's this very sort of, you know, kind of black and white dichotomy of success and failure, that it's mm. one or the other, mm-hmm. that it's not that at all, mm-hmm. that there's, you know, numerous points in between all of that. It's always like a constant movement. Um, so that idea of, you know, kind of one or the other or having failed at something means that it's not a success. It might just mean that some other element can be successful that you just haven't thought about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm going back into like using that word, um, which, you know, I think it can mean many different things. But I do agree that, you know, kind of what you're saying about fulfillment or um, something being meaningful. Um, I think that as long as it's kind of forward moving and mm-hmm. it's 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 yeah, kind of positively impacting you in some way, um, then at least you're on the right path. So there's that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You said a lot of, you covered a lot of that in the letter too. So we just have to keep going back and listening to it. (laughs) Um, so my last question is for you and for young space. Um, I want to hear what you have, plan for yourself and for young space and for the arts and for the artists <laughs> what's coming up next for you um well this is actually of course um an interesting time for kind of hunkering down and planning so i do um try to plan ahead a few things during the year so i do have a couple of exhibitions planned um in june there's going to be a four-person show at tiger strikes asteroid in new york Mm -hmm. um so as of right now that's still scheduled to go on as planned but we'll see what happens um and then there's another uh large group exhibition that i'll be doing in london um in the fall so there's a few things that i can kind of be working on in the background um but all along i guess i'm you know kind of constantly just gathering information about artists and their work so there's also actually um an exciting um, open call open at the moment, um, four times a year, young mm-hmm. space does these virtual exhibitions that I yes. invite a co-curator. Um, so the I current- used to be a part of it once yeah. <laughs> long yeah. time ago. Um, and it's, it's exciting because I think increasingly, um, you know, there's a lot of attention on it. Um, every show seems to get a bit more popular, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. And, um, it invites different people from different kind of segments of the art world to view the work as well. So it gets a lot of different input. Um, And so I love that because it it builds a lot of collaborations as well. Um, But that allows me to sort of build an archive of work by artists that they're making. So when exhibition opportunities do come up with galleries and institutions down the road, that there's ultimately a, you know, really nice catalog of work that I can look through and people to contact at any given time. So it's, it's actually a really nice time to just sort of, hunker down and do some research and plan some big projects and Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. But I'm trying to, um, actually actively sort of, um, I don't want to say back off, but I did nine exhibitions last year and I was Uh, just crazy. And I think mm -hmm. I kind of overdid it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going for quality over quantity and, (laughs) uh, not that anything was, you know, not that great, but I mean, they were all wonderful. It was just a lot. So I'm excited to kind of just maybe, uh, kind of retool and, um, get, you know, some more ideas flowing and kind of do some edgier things down the line. So yeah, just a good time to, you know, think and reflect. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Any last um, words for the artists before you go? Um, I just want to say keep on keeping on. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> 
Um, yeah, I think that I, you know, I, I am a curator, but I'm also maybe just more of a general doer facilitator person. Mm. And I more than anything, just, I love, love, love just talking to artists and seeing, you know, everything that you're working on. And so if there's, you know, I guess just no hesitation to like reach out and get in touch at any time through the platform or email me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, kind of keep the conversations moving. And I think it's just really important that we all kind of just keep on going. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want you to leave, um, the information about that latest project that you're gathering. Can you tell us more and about where to find it? The online show? Yes. Um, the resources, um, what's it called that you're oh, gathering? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, that is um, online. Um, you can actually go to youngspace.com. So it's yngspc.com mm-hmm. and then slash news underscore opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on the main page. So if you just go to youngspace.com, you can find that um, news opinion section quite easily. Um, basically, it is just a consistently updated um, info hub, which includes a lot of um, links and compiled resources to everything from um, fundraisers and grants, emergency grants, um, online exhibition opportunities. There are a lot of uh, social things on there as well, like um, virtual studio visits, uh, reading groups, that kind of thing. Um, a lot of them are brand new, kind of in response to uh, the social isolation thing we're doing at the moment. Um, but also a lot of things have been around for a while and they're sort of just revamping or retooling their equation a little bit just so that we can utilize it better. Um, so that's going to be updated. And then if you run anything yourself or know of anything, you can go ahead and submit information about anything you're aware of as well. And I'll add it in there. So. Thank you so much. We'll catch you later. Thank you. Yeah, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Artist Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends or leave a lovely review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It will help the podcast reach more people. I appreciate you being here and spending time with me and the guests, and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye.